not going to preach. But I need to read a few verses for what is going to happen. If, you, uh, if we have somebody on the computer, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. If you would like to receive benefit from this service, I would strongly encourage you to try to pay attention to these verses. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be, be, be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of, of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, that's Peter, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. But Christ sent me not to baptize. You say, yeah, he did. No, get, you got to get Paul's point here. He wasn't sent to baptize. He was sent to preach the gospel. Baptism follows the preaching of and believing of the gospel. It's not what you lead with. It's not what you're sent to do. You're sent to preach the gospel. That's apostolic. The focus is on the gospel, not getting people in the water. If, pe if you preach the gospel and people believe the, wa the gospel, they will get into the water. So the focus and goal is not, <clears throat> as Paul said, water baptism. The focus and the goal is preaching the gospel. Everything else happens as a result of that. Not with word, wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And some of you, dear precious ones sitting here, think the world's pretty smart. And that what we do here is pretty dumb. You just told which side of the fence you're on. I think I'll say that again. Some of you think the world is pretty smart. And what we do here is pretty dumb. 
And you just revealed what side of the fence you're on. And no offense to you, but I feel sorry for you. And I don't apologize to you that you're wrong. And I don't apologize for saying you're wrong. But see, I can't fix that. Because you're making a choice. And this next verse is really, really, really amazing. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Did, did you get what this just said? God determined that he wouldn't let man find him through intellect. And everybody who is examining the existence of God by intellect will come up against a wall and never ever know there's a God. Because God himself is hiding on the other side of that wall. And they don't have the admission to buy a ticket to get through that door. Why? Because if you can find God by intellect, then God is a respecter of persons. I mean, over the years there's been some that have said, why do you let these children do what they do up here? Well, somebody needs to. But they don't even know what they're doing. Do you? Do you know what you're doing? At least they're obeying some innate sense of the need to recognize and honor something bigger than or someone bigger than themselves. Oh, Brother Wright, they don't understand that. Really? Really? Honestly? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. <laughs> now, let me tell you a secret. I'm setting you up. And if you're not paying attention, so if you're... <laughs> It's one of these things. Look at this hand. Bam. You see this hand? Right. Okay. This is what this is. This is this hand. Are you watching this hand yet? I'm waiting for everybody to get their attention focused on this hand. Because you're not going to see the one coming. Why do you tell us that? Because it, it won't make any difference if I do. It's not making any difference. It's just then after the fact, when you get to thinking about it later, 
He told us what was going to happen, and we still weren't ready for it. <laughs> ah, praise God. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the future of this world? Hath not God made foolish? Uh, when you guys open that for me, please. Hath not God made foolish? I'm not preaching. You think I am? Uh, this is not preaching. No, this is, this is introduction to the evening. Because your first clue was, if you think the world is smart and what we do here is foolish, you just said what side of the fence you're on. That's the first test question on what side of the fence you're on. There are others coming. Again. You watching this yet? Okay. Where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the computer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. For unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Why? Why all of this verbiage, Lord, to try to get across to you that those who are seeking for glory and that is their approval by their religiosity, seeking to be approved of by God by all you do religiously, is an absolute failure. He will not accept. Not accepting it. He's not going to accept you. He's not giving you that. You can forget it. It's not happening. He's never going to approve of it. He's never going to accept it. He's never going to approve of it. Ever. Well, what, what are we doing here? That's the whole question, isn't it? The whole question is finding out how to let him do all this through you so that he alone gets the credit or the glory. But of him, verse 30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification you see this? I want you to read this verse here. What's, what's the source of our wisdom? Or who is the source of our wisdom? Christ Jesus. Who is the source of our righteousness? Our performance? Christ Jesus. Who's the source of our being clean inside? Us? Christ Jesus. Who is the source of us being redeemed? Christ Jesus. Not religion. Not the rules and regulations of religion. Christ Jesus. Next verse. That according as it is written, he glorieth, 
He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Boasting is fine as long as it's Jesus you're boasting about. Brag all you want as long as it's Jesus you're bragging on. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save or except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And this is the Apostle Paul talking. The Apostle Paul. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with eloquence or enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of, of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's, we're going to see just a little bit just how in tune you are, because you would have just heard the direction, see? Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known what it was going to accomplish that was the opposite of what they wanted to accomplish, they would have just left him alone, not crucified him. Because he couldn't fulfill his purpose on earth without them crucifying him. And what is happening in our world, and it's only going to get worse, it's not negative, and it's not defeat, and it's not terrible. It is what's got to happen to this body of Christ to fulfill His plan and purpose. And if they knew, if they had known, they would leave us alone. If they had, if they knew what they were doing, they would ignore us. But they can't help themselves, you see. And we've reached the place that your very existence drives them up the wall. Well, some of us. Here we go. Ready? But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, it hasn't entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God's revealed them Reveal that unto those who are in tune with His Spirit. So do you have a clue what He has prepared for us? Or are you still clueless? Which side of that line are you on? Are we just here playing church? Or are we sitting on a proverbial powder keg with power and authority beyond anything we can imagine for God to use us to do things that we, we that's exceeding abundantly above anything we could ask or even think. Which is it? 
Are we on this side over here? Where we haven't even begun to see all that he's prepared and willing to do through us. But we're beginning to sense those things in the spirit. And, and, and whether we consciously are doing it or not, we're reaching for that. We're seeking somehow to get aligned with him, connect with him so that, so that those things can happen. Or are we just clueless, just putting in our time coming to church because that's what's expected if we want to be saved. But as it is written, I have not seen, neither is heard, nor ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the... Oh, wait. We have received. Haven't we? Received what? Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you, now it goes without saying as you get older, this is truly the case, but it's true with anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. If you sit at a computer without moving for hours, how does it feel when you try to get up? Hello? Hello? I don't care if you're in the best shape of any human being alive. If you sit immobile, not using the muscles you have, for an extended period of time, when you get up, even you, in your youth and perfect spiritual or physical condition, you're going to go, oh, wow. Ah. I didn't realize I'd been sitting so long. And some of us sit every day spiritually. We sit all week spiritually. And then when we come in here where we've got a chance to realize, whoa, whoa, I've been sitting spiritually, figuratively too much. I need to get moving a little bit and get... Get some, get some movement back and get some blood flowing. What do we do? We sit and stare at those that are 
whatever, and we wonder, what's this guy doing in the pulpit with a microphone playing cheerleader for? What's he doing? What's he doing? I, I had an Apple Watch. I gave it away to one of my grandchildren because I didn't like it. I want something I can wear at night so I can see what time it is, not while it's charging beside my bed. Okay. I want something that the battery lasts a lot longer than 24 hours. It's just me. I'm sorry, but anyway. But I, I, one of the things, probably the only thing I really used that watch for was I would set it so that when I was sitting at the computer for an extended period of time, it would let me know an hour's up. And so I, I would. I'd try to get up and just walk around for two or three minutes and come back and sit down. It did help. Really, it did help. Because it was a reminder, you're inactive. Most of you don't know this, and it's really not that big a deal. I'm the one who has to live with it. But I prayed to get out of the Navy because I had a five-year obligation. And I wasn't going to do anything dishonorable to get out. But it, I wanted to preach. I knew it was time to preach. And so uh, I prayed. And uh, approximately a uh, little over two months after I prayed, I woke up one morning with a severe pain in my shoulder. Right between the, sh- the, the spinal column and the right uh, shoulder blade. And... Uh, it was Friday, and uh, I went to what's called sick bay to see the flight surgeon. That means the the uh, emergency, not emergency room, but the treatment clinic for pilots. That's sick bay. Well, it was all for all Navy. And the flight surgeon was a doctor particularly who treats flight crew. Okay? And it was typical... That if a guy wasn't prepared for his lesson that day, he'd come complain about something. So he could get a medically excused from flying rather than get a bad grade because he wasn't ready. And I saw it in his eyes and I said, Doctor, I have the second best flight grades in my class and I am prepared to fly right now. I'm in pain. That didn't convince him. He said, well, the only thing I know to do is give you a couple of shots of cortisone. Now, he was bluffing. He knew he was bluffing. I knew he was bluffing. Because you don't just give two shots of cortisone to somebody that says they're hurting. That's pretty poor doctoring. But I looked at him and said, sir, if that will help this pain... Please do so. Now he's in a tough spot, you see. Because now he either has to do it or reveal the fact that he was calling my bluff. And I watched how long it took him to get those two shots ready. And I watched his hand shake a little bit. Because he knew he was about to do something that he was hoping wasn't going to turn out bad. And he gave me, I had to take off my shirt and top, and he he gave me two shots of cortisone, 
in between my shoulder blade and my spinal column. When I tell you that did nothing for me, he did send me home. And he did tell me to come back and see him on Monday. When I tell you that that didn't do a thing, that the pain only got worse, I walked in there on Monday and I just kind of showed him that you can't see it. Can you see that? That's uh, December the 4th. That'll be 49 years since it's been like that. And he saw that and went pale. And I knew what he was thinking. He was thinking that he had damaged U.S. government property by his lack of wisdom as a doctor. But I let him off the hook. I said, sir, your shots didn't do that. He took everything he had not to audibly breathe a huge sigh of relief out loud. He said, I already felt something strange happening with my shoulder blade before I had the shots, and it didn't matter. The shots didn't make it worse. The shots didn't help it. It was already happening. He said, well, Ensign Wright, you have what we call a right-winged scapula. I said, what does that mean? He said, there is a nerve damage that controls the muscle group, or there's a nerve damage to the nerves that control the muscle group that controls the right shoulder blade or scapula, and uh, they're paralyzed. I said, what does that mean? He said, raise your arm. I hadn't noticed that, but I went like this. I couldn't get any higher than that. He said, that's what the scapula's for. The muscles hold it against the rib cage, gives you leverage to go up so you can get your upper arm away from the body like that. So he sent me down to the main hospital, Naval Air Station, Pensacola, and I got to see a neurosurgeon, and he said, I concur with the diagnosis you have right-wing scapula. And I said, what does that mean, sir? And he said, that means... Uh, that unless it regenerates, you're done. Well, what's going to happen? He said, we're going to keep you on limited duty for a year to see if it regenerates. At the end of that year, we will do. you will meet a medical board and they'll decide what they're going to do with you. So... Five days, almost every week, I would work in the morning. Uh, it's busy work they assigned me. In the afternoon, I would go for an appointment at the doctor. And this is the purpose of this long story. For an hour, I would lay on my stomach on a gurney. And they would put electrodes at both ends of the muscle group. And I would lay there while they would shoot impulses of electricity through those muscles to work them. And they said that was for the purpose of keeping the muscles from atrophying to see if that nerve was going to regenerate itself.
So, we all are on our own. We spend the week as sons of God individually. And we do what we do, whatever that is. (laughs) And sometimes, we let life bog us down to where there's no exercising of the muscle of faith. There's no exercising of the muscle of prayer. There's no exercising of the muscle of relationship. It just begins to atrophy. And so you come to church and the Lord is trying to hook up some electrodes to stimulate that faith. And it looks weird. And it feels weird. Buzz, bzz, bzz. and you're just laying there not doing anything, and it's just, it's just jerking it, working it, working it, working it. It feels weird. But I accepted the diagnosis that the purpose of it was to keep the muscle from dying, meaning shriveling away to uselessness. Well, it didn't work. And, uh, a few days short of one year after it happened, they medically retired me. And nine months later, no, yeah, nine months later, I'm here. Just as a side note testimony, it had been about 10 years or so, and I was in a service where God was moving powerfully. And I'm, I'm just kind of lost in what's happening. And I, uh, all of a sudden in the back of my mind, I realized that this arm was up here. And I'm, I put it down and I did that shoulder just like it's been for 10 years. There's no muscles controlling it. It just flops. And the doctor told me I'd never be able to do this again. You don't get it. You want to see a miracle? This is physiologically impossible for me to do. The body's not designed to be able to do this without the scapula working. There's nothing there to work the scapula. If you really wanted to, if I let you, which I'm not going to, you could work your fingers around my shoulder blade and kind of get them up underneath the shoulder blade. There's no muscles there. There's nothing there to make this work. Right. I said all of that to get here. <laughs> it's pretty common here right now, isn't it? Any hype, any hype taking place right now? Any great feeling going on in the place? 
No. You see, because what you don't understand is what you call feeling is the response of your being to spiritual activity, to a spiritual movement taking place in and through you. There's where the feeling comes from. You can't sit idly with your brain and spirit out of gear and have a feeling from God. And if you have feelings that you call supernatural, when you're not involved either spiritually or you're not involved spiritually, okay, you better not trust those feelings. So, this is the thing that's so amazing to me, see. We can be just clicking along in all mundane normalcy. Not feeling anything. But if I allowed the Spirit to be activated... All of that feeling that I've called hype and it's somebody just trying to work my emotions up would be instantly there as a witness to what God's doing. So some of us are trying to find a feeling, but you got the cart before the horse. The feeling is only the result of you allowing the spirit to move and flow in you and through you. You don't pursue the feeling. You yield to God being activated in his power, his authority, through faith in and through you. And when that happens, the feeling is there. Now, I don't know about this supernaturally. I know about this because request has been made. John, bring Declan up here. Kevin, what? I, oh, yeah, that's John. Uh, yeah, well, he's John to me. John Jr. Okay. Let's just, we'll do this. Without going into a big long history, there's an inherited defect that's been passed down through a couple of generations here on the heart. And my brother here is going in for a uh, pacemaker in a couple of days. And you see, you don't have to touch him to feel what's about to happen. But you do have to get your faith engaged. Because if you're sitting idly by as a spectator, you're not going to know a thing. So, 
Doesn't mean to put you on the spot, but amen. Yeah. Okay. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have faith? Do you have a right hand? Why don't you do something with that right hand? Yeah? <laughs> Woo! My Lord have mercy. Yes! Speak against it. Speak to it. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Bind that fear. Come on, Kevin. Bind it. Bind that fear. Yes, in Jesus' name. Ha! Yes. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, come on, let it flow. Yes. You don't have to see it, but if you get in tune, you can feel what's happening here right now. Because it's spiritual. It's not natural. My God. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Just rejoice, bud. Rejoice. Come on. Keep rejoicing. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. This is not entertainment. The Lord demonstrates His Spirit and power for the purpose of confirmation. You got the authority. You're the covering for this family. Yes. Woo! My God. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Yes.
Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now what are we supposed to do? That's what the book says. That's, the, that's what the Bible says. Make your request known with thanksgiving. He gets the glory. He gets the honor. He gets the praise. Come on, give him thanks. My God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Woo! My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, be seated, please. My Lord. Woo! My, my. Where'd that feeling come from, huh? Come on. That's not hiked up. That's God responding to faith, being mused. Now, there are times when we get to a place like this. It's not... It, it, there are seasons of it. It comes like this. Where the presence of God is present to heal. You have a need? Stand where you are. Do I have anybody here with the Holy Ghost that's got a right hand? Would you please put that in your faith to use right now? This isn't about an individual performing something. This is the body of Christ. You have the authority of God. Find somebody that's standing with a hand or two raised. And use your right hand in faith to speak. Speak to it. You don't have to know what it is. The Holy Ghost knows. Speak. Speak the words of faith. I've got some folks up here that need someone praying for them. 
I got folks standing that need someone praying for them. There are some folks with three or four people praying for them. I got folks that nobody's praying for. Come on. Come on. I believe in praying in tongues, and you know I believe in praying in tongues. But you need to speak. The Bible says, Say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And doubt not in your heart that what you say is going to come to pass. Speak. Be a conduit. Be a conduit. Come on. Be a conduit. There's some things that will happen tonight. There's some things, it might be a day or two or a week or whatever, and all of a sudden you're going to realize, hey, that situation's gone. Hey, that pain is gone. Come on. There's not just healings taking place tonight. There's miracles of restoration. Miracles of recreation. That's happening in this place. Come on. You are the body of Christ. The spirit of Christ is in you. Let Christ be Christ. Let Christ be Christ through you. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Come on. If you pray for one person, find somebody else that's got their hands up. Pray for them. It's okay for more than one or one person to pray for somebody. Come on. Come on. We're not done. Find somebody else to pray for. Let the Holy Ghost use you. Speak the word of faith. Speak the word of faith. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ikaha ati ekalarataha. Ie ki ekalaratahaya. Come on. Come on. There's still people with their hand up. If there's somebody with their hand up and nobody's praying with them, find them and pray for them. Come on. The Holy Ghost is doing a work in here tonight. Let your faith be activated. Let the authority and power of God be activated through you. Be a conduit. 
for the love of God, for the power of God, for the goodness of God, for the mercy of God. Be a conduit. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Woo! Ma, 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 ma. Yekiela ratatahaya. Yela rute tie kahasatatatabaha. In the name of Jesus. Ha ha. Woo! Yekiela ratatahaya. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hila mama makahaya. Ye kie kala ratahaya. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now can we give God thanks? Come on. Don't pat a cake. Why should he work in the lives of ungrateful people? Why? Why should he work in the lives of ungrateful people? Why should he work in the lives of ungrateful people? Why should he work in the lives of ungrateful people? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we're not done. We're just getting started. Come on. The Holy Ghost is doing something here tonight. You may be seated. There are some things we have got to get. We've got to get this.
if the Lord works a miracle here and we've heard it or saw it or prayed with it for it to happen and we believe it happened, what are we supposed to do with that? Hello? And if you won't tell anybody about it, what does that mean? What does that say about your faith? It means you don't have any faith. That's the negative part of him working inside of a church building. Because the majority won't go tell it to anybody. Not only that, if the Lord touched your body tonight, you can wait till you've had 10,000 tests and the doctors all say it's gone and then go, are you sure? It's gone. Are you really sure? And then you can whisper it to yourself in the mirror and think that's okay. No. Sorry. Well, what if I tell it and it didn't happen? Mark chapter 11, verse 22, please. This is so simple. You know what? It's so simple that those who want to use their mind instead of their spirit, they can't receive it. I'm going to say this to you one more time while that's going on screen. Mark eleven twenty-two. Hear me, please. God gave us the brains we have. But he's not going to let anybody find him by intellect alone first, at least. Not that he doesn't want us to understand afterwards. But faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the, 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 the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And if you've got to see it all first before you believe it, is it really faith? No, it's not really faith. So the point is, (laughs) oh, Jesus, help us. David said, or Paul said about David, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. David said, Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. So Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Next verse. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And what? And shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have. See the word shall there? What tense is that? Future tense. And there's our problem, you see. Because we try to exercise our faith, and if it doesn't happen this instant, we don't believe it happened. Well, I'm here to tell you something. That's not, that's not hocus pocus, and that's not some, uh, mind game or tricks we're playing. 
How else can faith grow if it's not, if it doesn't have to be used? And the period of time from which you speak till it happens is the time of faith. And that's when you're believing without seeing. God spoke to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. How many years was it before Isaac was born? 25 years. Well, I'm not waiting that long. Then you're not getting what it is you're believing. Because whether it's 25 seconds, 25 minutes, 25 months, or 25 years, the fulfillment of what we prayed for is in God's control for His plan and purposes. But if I'm going to receive that, i got to believe God. Not a preacher, not a church, God. I can't move your mountains. Not doing it. Not going to try. Don't have any dynamite, don't have any bulldozers, don't have any of that. And I can speak to my mountains, but I'm not speaking to your mountains. That's not the plan of God. And if you're willing to be trapped on that side of the mountain rather than what God's got for you on the other side, I'm sorry. We can join with you. We can agree with you. But we can't believe for you. The only time I've ever seen that work was for a, a, a young lady who was unconscious in shock trauma and could neither believe nor doubt for herself. And God spoke to us, even though the, the, everybody in shock trauma, all the experts said she's dying. God spoke and said, if you'll believe, I'll show you my glory. Now, we didn't say to her... Uh, Sister, you need to believe. She was in a coma. So that meant it was our faith. Remember the lame man they couldn't get in the house? So the four guys took him to the roof, tore up the roof and led him down to Jesus. The Bible did not say when, God, when Jesus saw his faith, when he saw their faith. There are some situations where the person who's going to receive the miracle is not in a position to believe or not believe. And in that case, it's your faith, not their faith. But where it's their faith, you can believe with them, but you can't make it happen for them if they're not going to agree with you. How does... How does he get any glory for what he does if I'm too ashamed to tell anybody about it? Well, I've been saved a long time, brother, right? Yeah. And when is the last time you really told somebody that your story of how you got saved and how miraculous it was without giving the gory details? When's the last time you shared that? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Next verse. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. The word therefore just connected the previous two verses with this verse. So in this verse it says, when you pray. How did he tell us to pray in the previous two verses? By speaking to the situation. So if we go to Zechariah chapter 4, this is just instruction for the next thing. It's in preaching. If we go to Zechariah chapter 4, and we'll skip down to verse 6 and read a little bit from there. Zechariah 4 and 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Next verse. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. What's a plain? Something that's so flat it offers no resistance to travel. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouties crying, Grace, grace unto it. Next verse. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. Next verse. For who hath despised the day of small things? You will hear some pervert this verse and say, Despise not the day of small things. This verse doesn't say that, and there's no place in the Bible that says that. There's no shame in things being small as long as you're not satisfied with smallness. A small God, small faith, small relationship with God, small prayer life. Who hath despised the day of small things, for they shall rejoice, shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel, whose with those seven they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Okay, we go back one verse or two verses, please. Verse 6 said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And then the next verse, 7. Who art thou, O great mountain? Do you think he's talking about a physical mountain there? No. And would God want to take a mountain he put in our lives and make it a plain? So this mountain is something negative that needs to be moved. It needs to be removed. So what is that mountain? It is spiritual opposition. And Peter said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, 
Let's see how many honest people we have here. The last couple of weeks, maybe the last couple of months, you just you just hadn't had much spiritual motivation. You just you come to most services, the ones you can't find an excuse not to come to, and you sit there but you don't feel anything and you try to pray and you don't nothing's happening, you don't feel anything and you just discouraged. You got no real energy for anything. You only do the stuff you absolutely have to do in life because you're just you just discouraged. And the other D word, which most of us don't admit to till after the fact, depressed. And that means you just you just don't feel like it. I don't I don't feel like it. You want to do something? No. Nothing? No. What do you want to do? I just want to check out and make it through this day so that I can check out and make it through the next day and do as little as possible just to keep going. Now, before I ask you to receive the speaking to that mountain so that you can be free, I'm saying to you that for a Holy Ghost-filled child of God that knows and loves Jesus, that is not natural. It's not. I'm sorry. Well, everybody has their ups and downs, brother, right? Yeah, that sounds really good, doesn't it? But that's not what the Scripture teaches The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, how can it be my strength when I don't have any joy? And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, shall keep, guard, preserve your hearts and minds. Well, what do I do if I don't have any peace? So, righteousness, peace, and joy is in the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost is in you, and you're not feeling righteous, you're feeling worthless or a failure or hopeless or helpless because there's hope in righteousness. There's hope in righteousness. When God gives us His righteousness that we don't earn or deserve, but He gives it to us out of love for us and He covers us with His righteousness, and assures us that he, as he promised, he would forgive our sins and remember them no more. And yet we're just beaten down in our minds with our sins and failures. Well, that didn't come from God. He promised he wouldn't do that. So I got the, all these bad feelings about myself. I'm, I'm not worth anything. Nobody really loves me. I'm not appreciated. Blah, 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 blah. I'm invisible. Have I said enough to identify at least a few in your life so you can know I'm talking to you? Okay. Or the Holy Ghost is. And then peace. Peace. Wow. Peace. 
And what's the opposite of peace? Fear and its other synonyms and symptoms. And perfect love casteth out fear. And peace can't exist where anxiety is. And fear has torment, the scripture says. So if I have righteousness, I have hope. There's never a day that looks bad or impossible. If I have peace, I don't have fear. I'm not dreading the future. And then finally, joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And Romans 14, 17 says, you can put that on the screen when you get to it. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And here's what people that really want to be saved do. When they feel overwhelmed with all of this, this hopelessness, this worthlessness, this, this feeling of failure, I'm never going to get this right, I'm, I'm never going to, you know, whatever. And then I have no peace, I've got fear, I'm full of doubt worry and I have no joy and the joy of the Lord is our strength and from what I understand depression is defined clinically as emotional exhaustion and the joy of the Lord is our strength and I can't have the joy of the Lord and be emotionally exhausted because the joy of the Lord is always giving my emotions strength to face another day to face the problems. None of this has to do with what's going on external to you. The last words of Jesus before he prayed for the disciples went out, prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, and then was taken and was crucified. John sixteen thirty three. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have. King James' word is tribulation, but the Greek is most places translated trouble. You're going, you're going to have trouble in the world, but you can have peace in spite of the tr- trouble. The Lord said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. The world only has peace when there's no problems and trouble going on. But as soon as problems and troubles happen in their life, they don't have peace. But God's peace is exactly the opposite of that. It doesn't matter how bad things get external to you. You have peace because He is the God of peace. And He dwells in here. And there are days of sorrow. And I can have peace and hope in spite of that sorrow. There are days of trouble, but I can have peace and joy and hope in spite of that trouble. Yeah. And I can have more on me than I know what to do with. But if I have righteousness working, peace working, joy working, There's not ever going to be a day I don't feel like getting up and let's do it again, Lord, me and you. You and me, Jesus. We got this. For without him I could do nothing. 
But I can do all things through his strength. So, some of you have some spiritual mountains that you can't remove. But there are people in here right now, and maybe the next time you'll be praying for them. That's why the Bible says for us to pray one for another and bear one another's burdens. Because today it may be me needing prayer, and tomorrow it may be you that I need to pray for. So you pray for me when I need it. I'll pray for you when you need it. And we'll all go to heaven together. But if I do the human pride thing, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. And I'm lying through my teeth. How you doing? Great. Did you get that? How you doing? I'm great. I'm not going to stop and talk to you. I just want to get by you, get past. And What do I want to do? I want to go someplace and get alone. Because I don't want to face anybody. I just want to be by myself. And then some of you are sitting here arguing with me. That's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Have I ever had days like that? Is this flesh? Yeah. But I've been doing this long enough to know that those days are not natural. Because if it's natural fatigue, a good night's sleep and you're ready to bounce up and get after it. But if you're just as tired when you get up as you were when you went to bed, and no matter what you do, you can't get rested... That's not natural. That's supernatural. And if you don't let somebody help you because you've reached a place you can't help yourself, that's why we're a body. That's why we, we're commanded to, it's a commandment of God, love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you have love one for another. Well, the most important way you can love me or let me love you is to be honest with me or me be honest with you. Would you pray for me? Do you ever read where Paul said, and pray for me? Paul? Paul requested prayer? Paul requested prayer. Pray for me, he said. And then there were days he said, I pray for you. This is uh, <clears throat> this is not what some of you will conclude it to be. It is spiritual fact. Some of you are not going to let anybody pray for you. You're not going to say, hey, you don't have to tell them the gory details. Would you pray for me? Whatever that means, the Lord knows. Because here's the problem. These spirits that are tormenting the folks that are here that get prayed for and that leave them, 
Where are they going to go? Uh, hello? So you don't want prayed for. You're not going to ask anybody to pray for you. And if somebody prays for you and nothing happens, you're not going to say, oh, well. No. Find somebody else. Put your hand on my head. Speak against this thing. I can't do this by myself. I need my brother. I need my sister. Help me. Well, guess what? If somebody wants to leave here without those feelings of hopelessness, without that pressing, oppressive feeling on you, without without fear and without doubt, but with peace and with without the exhaustion, mental, emotional, spiritual exhaustion, but you want strength. If you want free, and is it possible the Lord allows this to happen to us so that we learn to depend upon each other and trust each other? There are no spiritual islands that if you're trying to be, you're completely against the will of God. Hallelujah. I was in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago, and when I got to the church there, oh, it was a district conference, and a lot of preachers and their wives and some saints were there, and uh, it was just, and uh, I asked my friend, I said, where's your wife? He said, she's sick, Okay. And uh, he said, but I will tell you this, I've never seen a time where there were more preachers oppressed. Guys that have been here a long time have been calling and saying, I'm just ready, I'm ready to quit. I'm just, I'm tired. I just can't do this anymore. That afternoon, we prayed against the spirit of oppression and it got better. That night was an ordination service, and I, I was asked to do the ordination service, and his wife came to that meeting because her son was being ordained. But during that service, the Holy Ghost began to move in that place before the preaching. And we began to pray against the spirit of oppression. And the next thing I know, my, my friend's wife is just going off. She's dancing and shouting I mean, she's whatever, and I was told after service. She said, I've been under such a spirit of oppression. I've been physically sick, but I knew it wasn't physical sickness. I just I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. I, fe- I didn't feel good. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want anybody talking to me. She said, but tonight, God broke that thing off of me. And I'm free. But it wasn't just her. It wasn't just her. A couple of Sunday nights ago, when Brother Shelton was here, 
he prayed for some folks. About stuff that was warring against them. And you, though you that were here, you felt the breaking, the breakthrough that took place. It's been different, hasn't it? Yes, sir, it's been different. Because it wasn't natural. I've got the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Christ dwells in me. I don't have to accept that. Those that don't know God, that's the way they live. If I have hope in this life only, I'm of all men most miserable. And if my hope is in this life and I'm miserable, what happens if I'm in this life without hope? How miserable am I? And, and if you, unless you've had your head in the sand, you know there's a huge problem with overdoses on opioids. Well, do you think those people purposely took an overdose? Hello? You think even a small percentage of them purposely did that to check out? No! But they were taking the opioids in order to feel better. But the problem is, this is the lie. Once your body acclimates to it, you need a little more to get the same effect. And then you need a little more to get the same effect. And even though intellectually you know this is really close to too much, i got to have it because I can't go on and, and what I've been taking isn't helping me. So people just take the chance and do too much and they don't wake up that's the way the world lives and I'm not judging them but you you came out of that now you got a choice it's fine you can stand where you are or you can come up front either way is fine with me but if you're saying this is enough. I'm getting worried about me. It's not right. And the thoughts I'm having of just, what, why am I wasting my time going to church? Why am I doing this? Okay? Are you desperate enough that you're willing to risk embarrassment you can stand where you are or you can come to the front either way is fine but you're saying I need help I cannot do this myself I need help I refuse to continue to live like this. I need help. I want every elder and his wife to come to the front and find somebody to pray for. I want the body of Christ to pray for those that are standing where they are. I want you to pray in the Spirit. 
I want you to pray and speak the words of authority. But this is the will of God. God is ready for us to be free. Come on. The Lord is going to move some mountains tonight. Those of you that are sitting back there, there are people standing. Find somebody to pray with. Come on. Come on. Come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take dominion and authority over these spirits of depression, over these spirits of oppression. I command you to loose the minds, the hearts, the spirits of God, of the people of God. I command you to loose the minds, the hearts, and the spirits of the people of God. Come on. In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be free. Come on, believe it. Receive it. We speak to these mountains of resistance that war against the will of God. War against the purpose of God. War against the plan of God. In the name of Jesus, come on. Speak. Speak the word of faith. Speak the word of authority. You have the Holy Ghost. Let the Lord use you. these spirits of depression I curse these spirits of oppression in the name of Jesus be free in the name of Jesus be free he cut the higher la la tia the higher he little rubble cosa In the name of Jesus. Come on. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Come on. Don't settle. Don't settle. Come on, don't settle. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He wants you to be free. The Lord is faithful. Speak to these spirits. Take authority over them.
In the name of Jesus. 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 Itaha. Ilabahasaha. Ilabahatie kiekataha. Ilabakaha satataha. Come on. Ilabakaha sahaya. This is what we're going to do. After you've been prayed for, you're going to pray for somebody else. After you've been prayed for, find somebody that you can pray for. Come on. That's the way this works. Freely receive, freely give. But I don't know what I've received, brother, right? Then let the Holy Ghost work. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you've been prayed for and didn't get what you need, ask somebody else to pray for you. But if you've received what you need, find somebody else to pray with. Come on. Freely received. Freely give. Freely you've received. Freely give. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Come on. There's victory here tonight. Let's don't settle for less than victory. There's victory here tonight. Don't settle for less than victory. After you've been prayed for, Find somebody for you to pray for. After someone has prayed for you, find somebody you can pray for. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Itaha. Ikahala ratahaya. ratatatahaya. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's still people that need a breakthrough. It's not time to quit praying. Find somebody to pray for. If you haven't received all that you you need tonight... Find somebody else to pray for you. Come on. This is a very critical night. 
There's some folk, there's some souls hanging in the balance. In the name of Jesus. 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 It is normal to get physically tired and need some rest. That's normal. It is not spiritually normal to not care anymore. It is not spiritually normal. To not want to do anything spiritual anymore. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ikala yaledie kaha elabahaye kie kala rataha Hallelujah. Kie kaha la rataha Hallelujah. 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 Ma manamahaye. Yela bokura tatababahaye. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you are not specifically praying for somebody, or that per, or you are being prayed for I want you to join head with those around you we're going to pray collectively against the spirit of oppression that's warring against the body of Christ not just at Antioch but in Maryland DC in the body of Christ other places I don't want two or three I don't want any less than ten join together praying if you're not specifically praying for somebody or being specifically prayed for, I'm asking you to join together in large groups. Join together in large groups. Come on. We're going to pray and intercede against the spirit of oppression. Come on. Come on, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I curse the spirit of oppression. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and command it to loose Antioch and loose the Maryland, D.C. district and loose the body of Christ in the state of Maryland and Washington, D.C. I command that we be free. I command that the body of Christ have victory over this attack from the spirit of oppression in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I loose the spirit of righteousness I loose the spirit of peace I loose the spirit of joy I loose hope in Jesus name I loose faith rise up faith rise up Holy Ghost scatter your enemies Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, he cut the high yalala die kahasaha. Tielo rubo kosei katahaya. Ilamor retie bakahasaya. In the name of Jesus, halaboko retie kahaha. Yes, be free. Come on, come on. We need some intercessors interceding. Come on. 
Come on if you're an intercessor. It's time to intercede. Come on. Victory tonight. Victory tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 Woo! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Let's give him praise right now in Thanksgiving. Come on. Don't panic. Let's give him praise and thanks. Come on. Let's give him praise and thanks. He is worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's go a little farther. Come on. There's something happening right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. 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 Be free. I lose the liberty of God. Lord, Spirit of God, you are Lord here. And where you are Lord, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's victory. Come on, let's go a little farther. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, that's not enough. That's not far enough. Come on, let's go a little farther. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's thank Him and praise Him again. Come on, let's thank Him and praise Him again. <laughs> Woo! Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Be free. Come on. Somebody needs to be free. Somebody needs to act like you're free. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. One of the critical ways of staying free is loving one another. And here's what loving means. Loving someone means I'm not going to say anything behind their back I won't say to their face. I'm going to say that again. Loving someone means I, I won't say anything behind their back that I won't say to their face. If you, if you can't say it to their face, you shouldn't be saying it behind their back. Do you like that? Is that okay with you when you find out somebody's done you like that? Well, the book says, not do unto them like they've done to you. The book says, do unto others like you want to have done to you. Loving God and loving my brother means... I don't say anything about my brother or my sister behind their back that I won't say to their face. Because nothing opens the door for that spirit to come back that you've been set free from any quicker than that. Right there. Because when you ask God to receive something and then you won't give that same thing, You ask God to love you unconditionally, but you won't give unconditional love? Doesn't work. It doesn't work. The Lord wants us to be free. The Lord wants us to have righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. But I can't have that. The Bible says when you have a grudge. Well, I don't have a grudge. Let me tell you something. When you talk about somebody behind their back, say stuff you won't say to their face, you've got a grudge. And that gives Satan the advantage over you according to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Well, I, I, I'm not going to ever say that to their face. Then don't say it behind their back. That's a simple way of doing it. That's the simple guideline right there. Don't ever say anything to anybody behind somebody's back that you won't say to their face. In Jesus' name, may these words be so embedded in your mind and spirit because they're the words of God that every time you sit around, I don't care if it's your mom and your dad, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, I don't care who it is, your best friend, you sit around and you talk about somebody, just spread something. Just say something critical. In Jesus' name, I pray that you hear these words. And that you hear the voice of the Lord saying, Is that the way you want to be loved? In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll hear these words and then hear the voice of the Lord say, is that the way you want to be loved? In the name of Jesus, let's give him thanks again. Clap your hands all you want, but if your mouth's not working, it's not thanksgiving. I don't care how much you clap your hands, but clapping your hands is not a substitute for giving the the, the sacrifice of praise, which is thanksgiving, the fruit of our lips. Come on, let's thank the Lord together. Come on, come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all you've done here tonight, all you've said, all that we've received from you. We believe in you, Lord, thanking you in advance for every miracle, for every healing, for every creative miracle, for every restorative miracle that you've done here tonight. In the name of Jesus. Now, you have a, a responsibility to your brothers and sisters. To share your testimony of what God has done for you for the faith of all. Share it in here and share it out there. Jesus name. When God gives you a testimony, it's, it's the best thing going. Because if you want to talk doctrine with somebody, they can argue with you. But if you're telling them something God did for you, can't argue with it. No. God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving, I pray in Jesus' name. There is a meal being served here at the church, if I'm not mistaken, on Thursday. For those that don't have any place to go or just want to come fellowship with others before your family time, I'm not sure what time it starts. Does anybody know what time it starts here? Starts at 2 o'clock here, Thursday afternoon. You're all, you're welcome to come. God bless you.